0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba da ba ba ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Small don't Self
1: help from the hip. Small don't We're talking that shit. Small don't And keeping it real. Small don't With me M&M and seals. So funky. (laughs) Welcome to an episode of Small Doses. This week's episode, you know, last week I took y'all on a journey through the Lituation 101 tour. But now we're going on a journey through my heart and my life with side effects of ending friendships. People have requested this episode, asked for this episode, because it seems like a lot of friendships is ending these days. I mean, let's be real. Social media has become a new... Extinction-level level event that. that will end a friendship, especially when you see somebody, like, they can't big you up on social media. Like, they, like, big you up in private, but they, like, won't big you up in public. And you like, like what's, what, 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 what's that? What's, what's that? that? What's, what's that? that? You know, like, you'll put a post up, and they'll, like, text you on the side and be like, yo, no, that's, that's dope. Big. And you're like, okay, but you could do that in public. And then sometimes they'll be like, okay, so you only hit me on social media, but you, like, never hit me in, like, real life? What's, what's that, that about? about? It just created a complicated, you know, scenario between a lot of folks. But I just want to talk about it because I think that the reality is, is that, and I say this all the time, rest in peace to Hugh Masekela, the great jazz musician from South Africa. But he has a song called People Are a Sometime Thing. And that is a hard thing for a lot of us to like really, truly grasp and deal with without it dealing with us. So we gonna get into it. You remember how this thing go. It's time to drop a gem on them. Rest in peace to Prodigy. Jam dropping, jam dropping, jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. Little known fact when I say jam dropping, I'm making an allusion to the late great Prodigy of Mob Deep, who they had a song on their third album, Hell on Earth, called Drop a Gem on them and Prodigy being one of the greatest rappers of all time. I dare you to come for me about it. I, I dare do. you. Okay? Uh, he had a great a great verse on that song. And so that's how that happened. Y'all know that I will rap that verse right now, but I won't because we have a very long episode ahead of us and our producer just looked at me like, "Please don't." So I won't. <laughs> but just know that I could. So today's jam dropping is all about ending, ending a friendship. A friendship versus growing apart this is important this distinction because one of them is about action and the other one is just reaction which sometimes people like dub reaction as like a bad thing in this case i don't think it is i feel like at the end of the day sometimes wavelengths simply no longer run concurrent with each other and that's a natural thing that happens you know i i liken it to the fact that like plants don't grow differently in different sunlight And when I broke up with my boyfriend, Marquise, (laughs) after spring break 2000, while we were at SUNY Purchase, when he had come to visit me, that was what I told him then. And that's what I say to you all now. Sometimes we just are growing in different lights. And so we are growing at different paces. You know, we are requiring different, different nutrients, et cetera, et cetera. And it becomes harder and harder to relate to somebody. You know, I think when we talk about friendship, it's really about like who is relatable, who who do you relate to, who you have equi- equitable exchanges with emotionally, mentally, physically. And as you get older, those things really do like affect your whole life. I think when you're younger, it's like your life isn't really like carved out for the most part, people's lives aren't really like carved out succinctly and sharply. So you can have a lot more kind of different levels of friends around you and different types of like, you know, exchanges and realities in ways that it doesn't really disrupt in the same way that as you get older and you start refining and kind of honing and narrowing in on your purpose, it's like the trimming of the fat thing is a real thing. And sometimes the universe will trim that fat for you. And that's what, you know, growing apart is. It's really just like, We all are here on our different journeys and those journeys, reason, season, lifetime. But then there is ending Ending a friendship. friendship. And sometimes that's the universe saying like you "You have have to to do this." this because it can no longer be a part of you. And you're not taking the signs or the omens to let it happen on its own. But I think sometimes it's also just like you have to end it with action because it's like a lesson that both you maybe need to learn and the other person needs to learn. Sometimes it's a lesson about like your own strength for them. Sometimes it's a lesson about like, damn, maybe maybe I I am on some bullshit." bullshit. And it's all about really just at the end of the day, facing what's in front of you in a real way. And we have a lot of tenuousness to do that, especially when it comes to friends, because a lot of our friends are attached to us in different ways. I know like it's hard to end an old friendship. Because especially if that old friendship is attached to like nostalgia or a time in your life that you really enjoyed, or maybe they really looked out for you. And so you just constantly feel like you owe them forever. But the reality is that that's not really friendship. That's a debt. And I don't know about you, but me and Sally Mae ain't squad. So you got to really kind of get to the meat and bones of like, why is this person around? And sometimes we don't even we don't want to get to those meat and bones. We don't want to do it. We're like, I'm going to be vegetarian. I don't want no beef. And it's like nothing before it's time, right? But shit will always come to you. Shoot. That's the thing. You could avoid it as long as you want, but that shit will come up somehow. It might come up at a wedding. It might come up because of a death. It might come up because of a birth. It might come up because of a Boonopolis that's coming to play. Yeah, I said it, a Boonopolis. That is a relationship that is of the romantic type. A boonopolis. Anopolis of boo. I call it a boonopolis because just like a metropolis is a city center where the heart of an industry is, a boonopolis. Is... <laughs> Y'all got to see how Rebecca be looking at me like, why is she giving me eye contact while she says this shit? I can't. And then she'll like try to look at her computer, but it's like, no, Rebecca, I'm looking straight at you. You can't just look at the computer. Okay. You can't avert your eyes. The bunopolis becomes the center of somebody else's. Industry. <laughs> so then, I miss you guys. Miss you, Brandon and Vex. So, you know, these are all, and then, you know, there's fame, money, loss of money. These are all, like, I feel like really, like, big things that can knock a friendship on its heels. And it really lets you know, like, where y'all really stand. So, we're going to get into it. Um, later on in the episode with our guest Tony Trucks, but in this gem drop in, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that when something runs its course, that's okay, and when it's time to end a really end a friendship, that's okay too. It just becomes about the 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 why and the how. Shit don't always have to end in fire and flames, right? And things don't always have to end out of avoidance, and you got to be careful of that too. Don't be trying to call growing apart something that it's not if it's really avoidance then that's not really growing apart if you're avoiding dealing with the situation that's avoidance growing apart is you doing you and I'm doing me and we're just not meeting eye to eye on things and it's an agree to disagree type of situation and you know it's like we just decide to go our own way on the king's road and see who ends up taking the iron throne I was going to end it there, but I just want to give you a little second to deal with that because I miss, I miss GOT a lot. I do, I do, I do. But when you end a friendship, it can be very traumatic. Um, I don't want to by any means like send a message like, Oh, it's nothing. You know, my therapist was like, you, Amanda, like you got to (laughs) cry. Like this should be hurting. And I'm like, yeah, I like, no, I know. And then I like proceeded to cry. And then I remembered that like therapy is my safe space to cry because I don't have time to do that shit other places. And it was like, oh, that's why I do this. Duh, got it. And that is why I like really recommend therapy for folks because at the end of the day, it's like you just kind of need to know that there's like this safe space that you can go to to emotionally deal with the shit that you really don't have time to deal with with your emotions throughout your life. And when you are on your path, you're gonna have people that leave, but then there's gonna be people that you have to tell to take the exit. Either way, you have to mourn them. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this gem droppery, is that whether you grow apart or whether you break up, that friendship was a real place. And we've talked about this in Side Effects of a Breakup. That same thing where you like built a world with somebody that you were in a relationship with that was romantic, you do that same shit with your friends. You have a world. Especially if you have old friendships, you have like literally 20-year-old inside jokes that are just now kind of like in a sarcophagus of your friendship. (laughs) And it's,
0: yeah, I said sarcophagus, sarcophagus, yeah. You You want to pause
1: pause and look that up? I'm (laughs) back up in this SAT, bitch. But you have to acknowledge that and you have to mourn that. I'm not saying indefinitely, but you can't just be like let me brush my shoulders off and keep it moving. I never think that that's really the real way that you deal with those things. You know, it's a loss. Friendship serves various purpose for various for various purposes for various people, but when it's real, you know, it is a real thing and sometimes it gets real whack. And sometimes it gets real different and then it no longer has a purpose to serve in the space that you're in. And That's fair, but don't feel like you got to just be the strong person and be like, man, fuck that. Nah, that person may have become a whack person, but at one point you truly love that person and what they brought to your space. You owe it to yourself to acknowledge that space and the beauty and dopeness and jokes and good times and memories that you built in that space. And you keep it moving and you make sure that you have an album of those memories in your iPhoto. (sighs) T-O-T. we're serving it. <sighs> the tea is to be spilled. Side note, what was really dope being on the Lituation One Tour was how many people listen to small doses. And when I was in Montreal for uh, the Just for Laughs Festival, I got recognized like five times by people on the street for small doses. The reason why this is interesting is because small doses is a podcast. So to be recognized visually for something that I do auditorily. Was intriguing, And one time, a woman was, like, talking to me about it. And as she was talking to me about it, someone else came up and was like, Oh, my God, I love your podcast. And this girl was like, I love your podcast, too. That's literally what I'm sitting here talking to her about. She's like, I just listened to this morning. She's like, I just listened to this morning, too. And I just stood there like, this is pretty dope. We be doing it. We be doing it. So it's time we get into DMTs, y'all. First question. Have you ever ended a friendship unintentionally? For example, you stopped reaching out or linking up, and next time you see each other, instead of picking up where you left off, there's nothing. I think this is a really exceptional question, and this comes from somebody who went to Dr. Phillips High School, by the way. DP. Ah, DP, 24276, you know how we do it. So, anywho, as I was saying. I think this is a really interesting question because... I've definitely been in that situation where it was like a grow apart situation but where it also was like a we didn't know we grew apart situation. You know, like there's been times where like it kind of dissolves and fizzles and you realize that you like don't miss each other and so you kind of just don't bother. But then there's times where it's like life just got away with you and the other person and or maybe it's one sided where like you were trying to check in and they weren't being responsive and I know that definitely happened to me where like I was like checking in the person wasn't being responsive and then eventually you're just like I can't not take this personal at this point (laughs) point. Like, and so you just kind of trickle off and then you see each other again you're like I don't want to catch you up on the last fucking two years but then I'm also not even really interested in you catching me up on your last two years so like what are we really doing here and me and like one of my oldest friends, like we went through that where it was like we just kind of revisited each other and was like it just like wasn't there. And, and we've had to make like a conscious effort to rebuild in this like new space in our lives that we're both in. You know, I'll tell you, like I'm in a legit new space in my life. Like I was not famous, I did not have money, I did not have visibility in the way that I do and it's changed like my consciousness about certain things and about the way I move in certain spaces and like some people who have known you in a certain way for a certain amount of time, like they're not able to adjust to like the new space that you're in and the new way that you gotta move you know, like one of my oldest friends, Janice the reason why we've actually like, I feel been able to be so close for so long is because she has like molded and, you know, gone through different phases and I've gone through different phases and we've just kind of managed to uh, naturally yin and yang that shit over that time. But that doesn't always happen. And I think the hardest part is not letting the unintentional part, like be taken personal. Like when I said, like, you're like, I can't, how can this person not hit me back? Like, you know, but then I've, I've had someone who I didn't even realize was like, legit growing apart from me and I was on the other side of it where I was like oh I didn't even know that we had grown apart (laughs) and I I thought we were just busy you know I thought we were just busy and like that's the thing like some friends you cannot talk for a year and then you see each other and it's like what's What's up?" up I mean I have friends like that where it's like we can talk maybe once a quarter you know and then we see each other and it's beautiful great perfect but I definitely have friends where it's like oh like I thought it was going to be like that and then we just gotten too far out of orbit of each other and that's life you know I think that's really the reality of things it's like you're orbiting the same star and then you realize that like that star has died <laughs> <laughs> that was more for no reason No reason. But the answer is yes. I have definitely been in those situations. And I think this whole episode is really about the fact that like it happens. It's going to happen. And when it does happen, how do you manage it? And how do you manage after it? Got another question with literally someone saying, How do you heal or mourn a relationship when a friend breaks up with you? I mean, you know, I have absolutely been in this situation. We talked about this on an earlier episode, Side Effects of Toxic Relationships. I had a situation uh, earlier this year where I had a friend who I would have regarded as a sister just, like, dropped me, like, a bad habit. And it was like, ooh, ouch. The hardest thing to do is... it's, It's one of two things. In some cases... The hardest thing to do is not beat yourself up, right? Because it can be very, very easy to just be like, I can't believe I, this is my fault. I did this. I did that. You know, I should have done this better. I should have done this differently, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing to do that can be very difficult is not take accountability. It can be very easy to just be like, well, they did this and they did that and they did this. And that's why the situation is like this and da 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 at the end of the day, it takes two to tango, right? And unless it's like some egregious, ridiculous reason, like maybe that person, you know, just had like a complete change in ideals or perhaps they're on a narcotic, et cetera, et cetera. Like for the most part, both of y'all contribute to a scenario and 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 it is what it is. But when it boils down to it, it's like, can you discuss it? And can you discuss it and get past it? And if you can't do that, then it, it that's how shit ends. And it sucks when that happens because it's also like, damn, like we really couldn't get past that. How do you mourn it? I think you it's the way you mourn anything. You know, you 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 remember the good times. You acknowledge the lessons. You look at what you could have done differently. And you just try your best to apply that next time around. You know, like I'm a very particular person. And I have certain ways about me that rub people the wrong way. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like the most like easygoing person and I've got a lot going on and you know, my brain is doing all types of shit and it can make it hard to retain people because also it's like, if you're also a truth teller and you're very direct, people don't like that either. So it's like, it can be very like taxing to have like that uh, a constant level of transience, and it's been like work for me to like make sure that my friends know that they're appreciated, and make sure that my friends know that I'm there for them, and all of these things, so that if things do go left, it's like I don't, I don't feel like I have to like beat myself up for the bottom line of friendship, which is really just reliability, communication, and consistency you know and I feel like that's the bottom line for any relationship so you know if you're going through that right now where like you got dissed or whatever what can you really do we've done side effects of a curve we've done side effects of toxic relationships we've done side effects of a breakup in this life all you can really do is like exalt in the good times acknowledge the fuck shit and keep on moving don't stop keep on moving don't stop no Okay, last question. When should friendships be reevaluated for reconciliation? Do you think you should give some friends a second chance? If so, why? To me, this is one that's pretty easy. Like I think that friendships should be considered for reconciliation a couple reasons. One, when there's been like enough time where you guys could have grown, you know? and the, the reality is maturity is a real thing, you know, and it's like the, people do evolve there are things that like I, at 26, would have accepted or would have done that now at 37, I'm like, the fuck fuck out of here. here. Or that I'm like, yes, absolutely. You know, Um, but I think there's also like something really the real bottom line is the fact of the matter in terms of character. And when you realize that someone has like a flawed character or when you realize that someone doesn't really fuck with your character, it's really hard to mend that. Cause it becomes like you trying to like defend yourself to them and that's never like comfortable or it becomes them, you know, you judging them and that's not comfortable either. And it's like friendship is this thing that's like existing where like souls connect with each other and you don't really know how that happens or why or for what reason. And you just kind of got to go with it. But I think the reconciliation is simply more about, you know, do you guys still connect? Or no. And sometimes it's worth a shot. And sometimes it's like, are you really trying to connect or reconnect? Or are you looking for validation in some type of way that you feel like you can get from this situation? Or are you looking for comfort in a type of way? You know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the ulterior that you got to look at. What's the real reason why you're reconnecting with this person? Or why you're attempting to reconnect with this person? You know, is it your ego? Is it that you load that you deep, 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 deep down want to see if they're going to actually like admit to the reason why y'all stopped being friends in the first place? You got to check yourself on these kinds of things because reconciliation is truly just the reality of acknowledging everyone's faults and truly accepting and understanding and moving forward. And a true reconciliation requires that. And I know that I had a friendship where we had a falling out and we never really reconciled. We, quote unquote, made up or we like move forward, but we never reconciled. You know, when you reconcile your checkbook with your receipts, that means that you're li- you're lining everything up and making sure it all adds up to the same number that it should. And that's what you have to do if you're going to try and reconcile. You got to put that shit all out on the table like them receipts and make sure it all adds up. And I think not enough of us really want to do that because we think we can just kind of keep it moving. And even if you have grown, and even if there have been years of difference, if that shit ain't done, and it ain't real, it ain't gonna work. People I Like. Yeah. So here we are on our first People I Like guest of season two, as in dose, as in duh. As in itnin, if you speak Arabic, of small doses. I can speak a little bit of Arabic because my uh, stepmother is from Kuwait and Palestine. So I learned how to say the numbers one through 10, as well as a number of other words that you would basically say to children that you're babysitting. Um, Stop. Well, yeah, because they were my sisters and brothers. So like I learned how to say shit (laughs) like, sit down, give me a kiss. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is, uh, Ishmael. (laughs) Ishmael. Atenibose is, give me a kiss. (laughs) Sit down is, Ahdi. You know, things of this nature. Mm -hmm. And learning to to count one through ten was actually very helpful living in Harlem because I would go into the corner stores and at first, you know, they kind of like look at you sideways. Then you're like, and that's like, what's up? And then you know you start talking, and, and I'm like, you know, I can count someone one to ten, and like, and they're like, oh my goodness, happy, oh and then you're all good. And then when you're like twenty five cents short, they're not like, yeah, you can't have this sandwich that we just made that no one else is going to eat except for you. Anywho, I digress. Welcome to the show, Tony Trucks. Thank you for having me. So, Tony Trucks, you can find weekly on CBS. Yes. SEAL Team, SEAL Team, Wednesday nights. SEAL Team, Wednesday nights. And I met Tony Trucks. First of all, we always know when people I like, I always tell people why I like them. Okay. So I like Tony Trucks. First of all, Tony Tr- Tony Trucks and I met in the waiting room for the final round of auditions for Tiffany yep. on Insecure. True. And um, Tony Trucks was normal. So, that was cool. And I forgot what happened, but, like, somehow some conversation about funny style, like... I don't know what happened. Something happened in the waiting room. We started somehow talking about, like casting casting yes yeah. and just the inappropriate things that get said to us tony trucks like myself is beige and hue um <laughs> and so like people in casting sometimes like don't know how to just simply say like you're pretty they feel the need to like include like your skin tone mm. but in a way that, that the what like, are you is yes. always really helpful what are you Uh-huh. and like but what are you as if like that you can't just be <laughs> like right it's always like what so and and sometimes it's said like you're hiding something like what are you uh-huh there's something going on with you I just can't pinpoint it that was my favorite. I remember exactly who said it. Don't. I'm not going to say her name, Please. but just remember that I remember. <laughs> and I, I thought was at like, the time, I was like, should I tell her? And I was like, fuck it. You literally were like, should I say it? You were like, this is who said it. And I was like, what? And it's I like, know. but it's like, you need to share notes like that. And so I actually appreciated it. I was like, oh, she's a real one. Because in this town, there's only two kinds of people. There's real ones and other ones. And the other ones they don't understand that what's for you is for you. And that they they will like withhold information and do shitty shit and kind of be sideways. And they think that they're like preserving their right to like a role or to like come up or whatever. And it's like, yeah that's not it's not gonna happen <laughs> it's,
0: it's i like, mean i think the more the more you know you know honestly like it's just it's so nasty out here yeah. that you just have to i think you'll be better prepared if you just know what you're walking into
1: you really just need to know what you're walking into because you know when you get home that's when you do it all and i'm like oh
0: damn i should have said this i wish i'd said that da, 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 da. and so if i can arm somebody else
1: before they walk in look at you, but you also be building houses for folks. <laughs> like, you know, you're just a giver. Like you're habit- Is it habitat for humanity? It's a, it's a thing called, um,
0: homes for families. It's specifically for the um, veteran community that is like low income. So,
1: I mean like, I'd be like scrolling and then I see Tony with like a hard hat. Like, Hey, look what <laughs> I did today. And I'm like, Oh, I should have been more helpful to the community today. No, I you're giving back every day, binging season seven of game of Thrones due to my, why are you late? No, I'm not late. I am in withdrawal.
0: Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so
1: I'm trying to scratch an itch. I got it. That only a White Walker dragon can scratch, <laughs> and I don't really mm-hmm. have it the goods. Listen, do. So, you. but then further conversation with Tony really got me to understanding, like even more about you and just like your level of awareness for you know things that are very interesting, very uh, of interest to me in terms of uh, you know fighting racism and discrimination mm-hmm. and. You know, uh, whack bitches. You know, just like in general, just like really (laughs) being about uh, Tony strikes no whack bitches. That's what it says actually
0: on my Instagram when it says like what I do. (laughs) Just like professional pretender and no whack bitches, no whack
1: bitches, and that's how you let people know. You know what mine says? I'm not for everyone. (laughs) My therapist literally was like, I I get it, but like in here. You can you can let the walls down.
0: Wait, so you found a new therapist? I did. Find I a was new very therapist. concerned. I was like, "What happened with the therapist? Did she find a new oh, one?" Oh, because
1: tell the people you binged You were. I've been to binging. Those- I've
0: been binging nonstop. I'm just walking around my apartment. I'm like, I don't know why <laughs> this is just not in my everyday routine. I am and, and I feel like we've already been together, you know, for the past four days. I'm like, we just we've just been,
1: we've hanging. been hanging out. Yeah. yeah. I got a new therapist. I love her. I pay her cash. Okay. I pay mine cash, too. I just didn't know. That's the L.A. thing. Is it? Healthcare in L.A. is pure trash. I feel like it's a whole black market to find like the great people.
0: But are you using SAG? No, she doesn't take insurance. Oh, hell no. OK, go ahead. But that is too expensive. And you know that
1: it's not because I paid my therapist twenty five dollars and you should. And I was paying a therapist thirty five dollars, and she was whack. Okay. So now I pay a therapist more money than that, and mm. she's great. Okay, right. and I never feel guilty. And you know what the best part of it is? Because there isn't such a stringency. She is a little more lenient in terms of time. It's like if we're not done with it, like we don't have to end right at this moment in time. I'm going to cut you off. You're going to have. <laughs> we're going to have to stop. <laughs> I know that you're in the middle of a full breakdown. Yeah, but. Uh, we've got another guest
0: yeah. 50 <laughs> not 51 50 right now
1: and in la sessions are only 45 minutes oh yeah well my, mine for some reason is 50 i don't know why maybe she's just being like she could just be she's Karen, giving are a grace. You being nice what's happening because yeah they are not in new york in new york they're an hour and that 15 they are an hour that extra 15 is probably what got me to the place i am today where i can do a show called Small Doses <laughs> right here with Miss Tony Trek. So Tony, can you just tell us, like, how long have you been out in L.A.? I've been out in L.A. 13 years. And where did you come from before coming to L.A.? So I grew up in Michigan. Because people don't, what
0: are you? Yeah, you know? what, what are you? Can you, I know you're, something's going on. White dad, white wow. Swedish dad, Norwegian something. And my mom is black from Mississippi. And um, I grew up in Michigan. I moved uh, to New York, and I was in New York after graduating college for almost two years and then booked my first TV show, which was Barbershop for Showtime.
1: Oh, nice. And
0: came out for that. Um, That was 13 years ago.
1: Time is very serious. It's interesting to hear you talk about your parents because I've been being attacked. Uh, I know. I noticed that. It's, You're like, I don't have a white parent. I'm like, uh oh, I do. But, like, that's the thing. It's like, it's irrelevant because uh-huh. they're like, but you have a foreign parent. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so yeah, like, you can't either. Oh, By the way, you can catch a in Swedish. You can? What can't you do, honestly? I can't find a good man. Hey, <laughs> me <broaching>. neither. But <laughs> Look at us. us. There's two of us, but we find good podcasts. We find good cats. We
0: have cats. We both have cats. We're both cat ladies. Mm, yes. Does Lando have a middle and last name? Lando Catrician. Lando Catrician. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I've got Lady
1: Chubby Muffin Chops. <laughs> okay. Why did Lando walk in on <laughs> cue though? Like
0: I, I was Lando. summoned. Um, so you're so, getting slammed for having a foreign parent, which I think is uh, – This is see, I should be on it. I need to come back because this is a whole other conversation about people deciding who can be a part of the conversation that gets me so riled up.
1: Well, it's also like their criteria. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, what really riles me up. I do think that there is something to be said for, like, who gets to be a part of the conversation. But it's like the criteria is so – when the criteria becomes like just insane, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to me, who should be a part of the conversation are like individuals who are legitimately dedicated to the combo, mm-hmm. who have done the research, mm-hmm. who have, um, you know, a certain level of experience and who are speaking from an educated, truthful place. Right. Period. So when I'm told like, and this is the thing, it's it's not just being a part of the conversation. They're saying that I should not be able to benefit financially from black American culture and I'm like but I create black American culture I'm like literally like you're like in a show Mm -hmm. and so you are a black woman in a show Mm -hmm. and so now you Tony Trex are a part of black American culture but they're basically saying like if that show so barbershop Mm -hmm. by their definition you could not be in barbershop because you would be benefiting financially from black American culture because barbershops
0: so send the check back Okay, I'll send it back for barbershop. I'll send it back for all of us. I'll send it back for dream girls. What else do you want me to send it back for?
1: You know? Man. Um I hope you're not saying I'll any send it back for the soul songs. man. I'll send it back for. Yeah, I mean like I can't. And so like that's like the 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 concept of this is so flawed and like like you said like when you were like, "Oh, I have a white parent." It's like at the end of the day, it's also like your entry point into the conversation. Like some people don't want to be about it. Meghan Markle decidedly was like I don't want to be a part of the conversation. Uh-huh. Like I consider myself biracial. Mind you, that has nothing to do with ethnicity, Like, right? which by the way is a whole other conversation, but we it's can't. like, I consider myself biracial. I'm about to go over here with these Royals and I'm Brown. Bye. My mother is full. Like I'm Brown. My mother is black mm-hmm. and you're going to see at my wedding. And then I'm going to just be in pastels for the rest of my life. See, but
0: this is a new, this is a new thing, right? When I was growing up in my formative years, that was not this whole. I mean, whatever. Live your life. Define yourself however you feel comfortable. Okay, but like when I was growing up, I was raised by two parents that you know were um, you know m- listen products of the Great Migration North right. and, and 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 you know got married in nineteen seventy, just short you know just yes. b- sliding into it being legal. Yeah, and and still within all of that was told unequivocally by both parents, you are a black woman, not you are somewhere in between, please don't check other, please don't, right. you know, do that thing. So this, it's a new notion for me to have. It was only when I entered the wild entertainment industry that people started um, making me feel like I wasn't part, Like you I, needed to quantify yes, in a different way. Yes. I, I had never experienced that before. I'd never thought of myself as anything other than a black woman. But And, and that is by both of my parents' omissions, you know, saying it.
1: You know, like this is how... Yeah. I it's just even like on the subject of today, you know, ending friendships and I remember a friendship ending because she was like You're not if you're you 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 can't get a valid black studies Masters from a private white institution And I was like, but if my professors are all valid black studies academics Why not? just a side note as in relation to like fucking up like losing ending friendships or whatever sometimes it's like even if the situation cannot be mended you can still be an accountable human being Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think sometimes like people don't acknowledge that like you can at least be like that was a poor choice and i understand if you don't want to keep me in your life as someone who makes poor choices Mm -hmm. um but But i fucked up Mm -hmm. my fault
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. I can take it. Well, it's my dad always says he's like, there's reasons and excuses, right? There's like reasons people say like, I'm hitting you now because my mom hit me. Okay. Right. That's why I'm doing it yeah. But okay. That's, that could be the reason, but that does not excuse the behavior. Correct. You have to just own up to. This is why this happened. This is why it
1: happened. This it doesn't okay. mean it's okay. It happened. No, nope. no. It uh-huh. doesn't mean, I
0: feel like but I, I feel like had a quote that I used to themselves. say. Yes.
1: Excuses is when you're trying to excuse yourself. Ooh. Ooh, look at that! Mm-hmm. An I excuse, excuse and you trying to excuse, excuse yourself? Excuse me. Jam dropping, jam dropping. Um. <laughs> so, you know, I think it was great to have you on this episode as we get into our next segment. But before we get into our next segment, I think it was great to have you on this episode because this is a town where it's hard to make friends. I think, and it's even easier to end friendships because money changes people relationships change people fame like even if like someone gets money fame is a whole other thing because you can have fame without money Mm -hmm. and still people act up and so it's nice when you meet people that you're like oh this is like a budding growing friendship and i feel Mm -hmm. like that's what we've got going on (laughs) yes (laughs) hit it next segment That one one time. time. So we do a segment on the show called That One Time. Yes. Where we recount a tale relative to the theme. Now you came in here with flames at your back. Like, I've got a story to tell. Well, I had so many stories to tell. (laughs) What's the problem? So here's my question. Do you have a story from your like recent adult life that you feel like maybe you would have handled things differently from your youth or vice versa. Like, have you seen any growth, maybe?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, that I, you know, in, in getting this topic, it made me think about so many different situations. And I started to think about what was, like, the biggest, most defining ending of a friendship that was for me. And I think that even in examining that now, being away from it, I've, hindsight is so special of it. So and I don't even I think it was such a gift that you, you know recommended this topic because I hadn't thought about it in so long. i had sort of shelved it away, so mm-hmm. deep in my heart, you know. Mm. And um, so for me, I thought about a friendship that I had in um, college. And it was this guy that was in in my program with me, but we we met each other, and it was just lightning. Like we loved each other, Mm -hmm. you know. He was a gay guy, wasn't like anything, no hanky panky, no nothing like that. We just were like brother and sister. We got each other, and I we I know everybody has that one person that. Oh my
1: god, my husband on insecure.
0: Okay, Wayde Marcus, that is my
1: human being. He's fully married. It's my human being.
0: But you just, it's so special to meet somebody that like you know you you call them they anticipate you they 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 see you in the silence you know they can Ooh, see, you they the see you in the dark whatever you know what i mean that they- sounds
1: like a like a song that needs to be written see me in the silence <laughs> i'm going to put that in a musical and then i will make sure to let you know
0: yeah all I'll, please do i'll take some credit just in mm-hmm. the liner notes would be fine um <laughs> That was the sort of relationship we had, and I, am sorry, that was the sort of relationship that we had, and I loved, loved, loved this guy, and we did summer stock together we spent all this time oh god summer stock let summer, them know what summer stock says so they can understand I'll,
1: the immensity of doing that summer together.
0: stock is how you sort of start your professional theater career so every summer I would hoof it off to Wichita Kansas and we would do uh, five shows a different show every ten days and so it was like we were doing Broadway choreography and it was just intense you were it was like being a, prof- you were a professional actor so and dancer and singer so you were just rehearsing you know eight to five every day and then you performed at night and then you were learning a new show in the day when you're performing a different show at night so it was really intense. It's boot camp. It's boot camp for the working actor. Like It made you over prepared for New York is what it did. Yes. And um, did you do Summer Stock? Did you no? Do but I know so many Summer
1: Stockians. Oh yes,
0: absolutely. You know? they're, they're around.
1: Yes, um, but it, so bonding. I though. did actually a Summer of Hard Knocks, and that is when you uh, live in Brooklyn in the basement in the summer, and <laughs> no AC. Go on, <laughs> and uh, you have to sprint from <laughs> the door to your bedroom and hope that you don't see roaches, <laughs> <laughs> and then you lie on your bed at night and look up and hope that the centipedes that are crawling on the ceiling don't lay (laughs) right you see what you're doing right now rebecca is what i would do in my bed which is hold my head together from exploding and just pray that one day i would make it out and then in the middle of the night you have to pee and you sit in terror no because you're like it's too dark no i don't know what i could stumble upon no in the process and then one day you walk in and there are slugs climbing up the wall and your boyfriend at the time says, let's put salt on them. And you don't know any better. And so now you're killing slugs. Like this is, this is the you're sum- murdering. Yeah. This is the summer of hard knocks, summer of hard knocks.
0: So I had a apartment in New York where the, it was all, you know, like you have that brick wall in New York that, Yes. and the mice can crawl the brick wall, which I was horrified by. So, and I had a lofted bed, but still I'm like, the mice are crawling. The <laughs> they crawl, walls.
1: they crawl, they up the walls, mice they're defying rats? gravity they were mice they were okay cuz mice i can actually handle we found a mouse in my basement uh horror movie uh-huh and i like like kept it
0: i wish that i had known you because i can so i can't <laughs> do it i think the thing with mice and the thing with snake oh, oh, and rodents they, it's a tempo problem like mice if they just walked into the room and they're like hey i'm a mouse <laughs> I'm gonna live here. Yeah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> they sauntered in. It would be fine, but right. they like run in. Yeah, are like, oh my god, <laughs> it's too much. Okay, it's a tempo problem. And the same thing with the snake. If a snake was like, I'm a snake, no big deal. But snakes are like, I'm a snake.
1: <laughs> I like <laughs> excuse me ghost, oh sir oh my god that accuracy of that is beyond comprehension it's so because <laughs> it's so true if a snake like hopped in like, i feel like you wouldn't great. feel so you could apply so it to people upon. too if
0: i ran in here and i was like i'm here for the show and you're like wow. wow okay you're doing a lot but i was like hi i'm here in tony It's not deal. okay but if i creeped in i was like hey
1: here for small doses. <laughs> what is that? I'd be like texting Rebecca, like, I don't really know what's going on right now. I think we should just wrap it up. <laughs> you feel like it's been good. Tony's not gonna be on the show anymore. Right. We're not, do it again. We're not doing it. It's a tempo again. problem. You that know. is so comedy. <laughs> do people know you're this funny? I don't know. <laughs> you're fucking hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, girl. <laughs> it's a tempo problem. <laughs> <laughs> I kept it in a box. I kept it in a shoebox and Would like you fed feed it. Cheese don't not when I went and got pellets. I'm gonna got pellets. Look at Rebecca. I don't appreciate your judgment. And now Rebecca has this like cute little short pixie cut, so the judgment is not hidden by any like extra hair. It's a straight to because it's all <laughs> face. It's a straight shooter. But no, I, I I took it and like released it in the park. That, I wish that
0: someone had advised me to do that. Instead, my super came up and put sticky traps on. No, no. Okay, don't. Is... I don't, I can't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to relive it. I can see all the judgment in this room. No, I hear you. I, I feel
1: horrible at it till this day. I ended a friendship because, okay. um I mean, to him... He thinks I ended the friendship because he had turned into like a grown-ass fuckboy and was like dating women even though he had no job and no money And then they would be like looking for a real relationship and then he would be like, oh, sorry My life is fucked up, but they're already like, you know kind of attached Mm -mm. And so that to me I was like, you know that that's like really really selfish and like playing with people's minds. He's like, well, why can't I be selfish? Everybody else is being responsible. Everybody else. How old are you? Literally 39 He's like everybody else is being selfish. Why can't? Why do I always have to be the responsible one? And I was like, I gotta go. But what he doesn't know, and maybe he's listening, is that another factor for ending the friendship was that one time he told me that he tortured a mouse that he had caught <gasps> on a sticky trap. What is it? And I name? was never able Put to him get on past blast it. Right. Now. <laughs> I was. I've never been able to get past it because I just feel like if you have the ability to do that, that 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 speaks to some other place of darkness. Because he was like the mouse had been taunting me, and like you should see the horror in this room right now. Like the mouse had been taunting me, and by the time I caught it, I was just like, I'm gonna show you. And I was like, I understand that your life isn't like where you want it to be right now, and so basically, like you're taking out like your inability to control your life on this mouse. But like, nah,
0: there's a special place in hell for him. That mouse. Is going to get some sort of mouse come retribution. You don't even know. You I don't even <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to happen. He's going to come back as a mouse, probably.
1: Oh, no. He could do. He could. <laughs> <laughs> he could do. He could come back as a mouse. You know, get stuck on that sticky trap. It was like when he told it to me, like, he didn't... I don't think he, like, fully realized, like, you sound wild. And that's like, I never let that go. I wanted to... He's been a good friend in other ways, but like when that other shit happened, I realized like you the same nigga that put a mouse through torture on a sticky trap, and I can't. We'll see. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. It... No. Bye. See you later. Yeah. It's been great. You can't. No. All right. So you were in college. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yes. So you went to Summerstock. You guys did Summerstock together. We were in
0: Summerstock when I well, all the big things like when I when I booked barbershop, like and that was a Cinderella story. I mean, I was like hoofing it in the chorus and how would you even get that audition? My agent ran. just called. And, How'd you get an agent? Uh, a showcase. You went to school where? University of Michigan. Really? University okay. of Michigan. Um, and uh, well, I was studying to do musical theaters because I wanted to just do Broadway stuff. Got it. And so moved to New York and they had a showcase set up. And so as part of that, when you do a showcase, you know, they invite all the casting directors and agents and la-di-da. And they come and from there I was able to get my agent.
1: That's like the real, like... Straight, that's the way it goes. Yes. I was... People are always like, oh, what? You know, how did... I was doing the things. Yeah.
0: I did the things in the order that they happened. I really did. Um, And that agent um, said, you know, like, do you want to audition for this TV show? And I had never auditioned for a TV show. And I was like, sure. And at the time, I was in baltimore doing two gentlemen marona the the musical version oh wow written by the guy that did hair and uh just in the chorus and um i had this thing where i was like i just want to do one new thing a year and so when he said do you want to audition for a tv show i was like yep that's my thing i did the one thing for the year i did it oh, Wow! and so um it was a casting director named pat mccorkle um went in. I hadn't seen the movies um, just because they were you know, fresh out. And I just was... You were dancing. I was living my musical theater you life. You were over there dancing. And so I just was like, I'll just give it a shot. Yeah. And um, then... Just kept getting a little further. Like, met John Ridley, who was like just a little bit uh, further, further. And then they called and they said, Come out for a screen test. I was like, That's another new thing for the year. Yeah. I've done it. <laughs> you know, um, blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, long story short, I got the job. But when those big things happened, I always thought of Justin. I always wanted him there. So, you know, he came out for the premiere wow. um, and really, um We just I just wanted him there. I I loved him in a way that I never loved a friend before. Yeah. I was like, I I love love you, friend. And, you know, I cannot jump into his head and I would never presume to. But what I would say is that um, his dad died. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that happened, there was like a cement wall between us. And and we never recovered from it. And I tried everything that I could think of. I thought, okay, you are telling me you need space. I'll give you space. Uh, and then I thought, well, maybe I just need to send like a message to say like, hey, I'm thinking of you. Yeah. You know, whatever. I was trying all maybe the that things. Maybe space
1: has shifted. Yeah. Yes,
0: exactly. You know, you try all the things. And, um, and we never came back from it. And I think that that was looking back thinking about ending friendships that was the hardest one because it's so easy the the easy narrative to say like this that bitch did, did, this did this and i said, said bye. bye yeah done but the that other thing is that there are forces nebulous. there are forces in the world that you don't have control over and and i have to believe that he was navigating through something that he had to let me go and I mourn it to this day and it is so sad. I could cry now just thinking of him because I love him. Y'all ain't dead yet. You know when I said yet? That's right. I didn't know you both did. That's right. But you, know, I had, but you have to be able to, as an adult, talk about ending relationships, you need to be able to know when to bow out too. When
1: to say, this person is releasing me. I see you. You know? <laughs> that right there. Knowing when to bounce. You know, we talked about it earlier in the episode. Like, I mean, like you said, like there are situations. I've I've said this. Before, like, there are like large, like I call them extinction level events mm-hmm. that happen in life sometimes. That level, they just level everything, you know. And it's like, well, I guess we ain't here no more. And it's like, death is one of those. Yeah, uh, death can be one of those. Weddings can be one of those. I've I have ended a friendship after a wedding. Have you? Yes. People show their true colors at weddings, you know. And I, you know, you know, you <laughs> know because it is very fresh and I tell you
0: I want to hear about this this recent ending
1: so basically like first and foremost it should be known and I've said it on the show several times I don't even like weddings okay I don't really like going to weddings. I'm not really into it. They're horrible. They really just feel very imposter syndrome for me. Um, I feel like, what am I doing here? I feel like I'm literally being voyeuristic. Like, that's what it feels like. I don't know how much of it is, like, related to the fact that it's very performative. And because I'm a performer, it's like, what are we really doing? watching? Here? Right. Like, what are we doing? Um, I don't know how much of it is that and how much of it is just like... I, I feel like there the, the relationship between these two people can just be between those two people. Like, we all don't need to be here. Well, and if we're going to listen, I don't want
0: to put anybody on blast, but I went to a wedding. Okay. Where the bride and groom did their vows and they were not short vows. At, at about this space, about this love. Okay? And so <laughs> why are we here? Thank you. Nobody, Y'all could have
1: done this on the beach by yourself. No, and I
0: and I appreciate a thing where you say, "Listen, I want to have a, a, a private moment with you in public. I can say one thing to you, <laughs> one thing in your ear." But you can't do that for half of an hour. Why we're we here? Getting married is all about calling your friends together to bear witness to this event. Yes, we bear witness. Okay, fine. But if you don't want me here, I, bye. I don't See, have to be I do not. I will go home. I'm happy to be at home.
1: It was also like. It our this situation was like the exact opposite because like we could hear their vows very clearly, but it was like just masturbatory. Bullshit. It was their vows. I have loved. You I've so never seen much. like I had never seen these people like go to church or like really be about church and all their vows were was God this God that and angels and Gabriel and you know all like I was like Matthew Mark Luke and John like all this and I'm like where did this where is where is this coming where is this coming from where is this coming from and we a wedding felt, planner. It felt very disingenuous. You know? And so like as a friend, you're like, what's really going on here? And like, then like the, the majority of the wedding party, the majority of the people at the wedding, I've known this person for 20 plus years. I had never met any of these people. So I was also like, who, who, who this woman? Mm-hmm. about who this woman? <laughs> And so, like, there was, like, a lot, <laughs> like, of stuff like that just going on. And, you know, for what it's worth, like, everyone has their own idea of, like, what they want a wedding to be or what their wedding to be. And, like, who am I to say, like, oh, that, that shit is whack. whack? Because if if you like it, that's great. But for me, it was, like, I, I'm not enjoying this. They released Butterflies, but the butterflies had been encapsulated in like envelopes. What? And it really no. It really, really bothered me. Like it really, really bothered me that like we were that's releasing horrible. We were releasing butterflies that had been literally encased Squashed. in envelopes. They'd been encased in envelopes, and like I, the symbolism was to honor the dead, and that that couldn't be there. So we're going to almost kill these butterflies until we and release. That's an <laughs> issue for me. No, that was an issue for me. But you know what I did? I kept my fucking mouth shut. Do you know you. why? Because it's not my goddamn wedding. I hear you. And so I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. So but then there was just like other stuff that happened. And like I had gotten to like a little tiff with like homegirl's friend's mom who I'd never met before. And we had like a little exchange. But I guess for me, I always look at stuff like everyone's tense. I kind of look at things in a macro like in that situation it was like everyone's tense like trying to get to this wedding and her mom like the the friend's mom was involved in the wedding and whatever so like i I didn't really hold her like she was funny style to me but i didn't press it i just was just like like that's so not about me it's you know and i dj'd the wedding you did i am
0: why did you do wait a second now you have gone too far for free You've gone
1: too far. Because you need to I've be known, the guest. Because this is someone I've known forever. And it was honestly better for me to to do activities because I don't like weddings. Okay. All right. So it's like, let me be here active. So I don't got to like mingle. Right. I don't, you know, and I'm just going to say this. <laughs> Even when your friends are your friends and they help out for your wedding, I just feel like you still should look out so like i am djing and i'm seeing your wedding for free because i i love you but you should be paying for my plane ticket Ye- what okay there's so many things wrong with this whole you scenario you should be paying for my plane ticket mom you know my mother so i flew my mother down you don't have any responsibility for my mother but you should be paying for my hotel room yeah and there was never an offer there was never and it's like the, but i am the person who's like yeah but sometimes they look after my cat so no. you know and so like these are the things that friendship can get confusing this is the what i'm saying like so friendships can also get very confusing and that's why these extinction level events can like sometimes really just like end shit because it's a culmination of like a lot of things in one place and so basically what ended up happening was while I was DJing, like people were coming up to me and like grabbing my arm and like tapping my shoulder real hard. And like, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be touched in general Mm -hmm. just by general people. Mm -hmm. Like people, I I always say this on the podcast and people always say this when they see me on the street and they're like, I know you don't like hugs. So can I just get a handshake? (laughs) Can I get a picture? Cause I just, I'm not, I don't just hug everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and when I'm in the street, it's like my favorite in the street, Jerry Seinfeld talks about on an episode of
0: <laughs> on Writing an episode
1: Towns. of riding in cars. Yeah. He was like, I love in New York because people recognize you like and they don't pay you really they just pay you enough attention. So they just walk by and they go, Jerry. <laughs> and they keep it walking. <laughs> And it's like the best. And we do these we do these um, shows called Smart, Funny, and Black episode. And it's like basically these a docu series about our Smart, Funny, and Black Lituation tour and our first night in Brooklyn. It happened. We're walking down the street, and this dude is like, "Amanda, have a good <laughs> show." <laughs> he never slows his roll. I never slow my roll. We acknowledge each other. It's amazing. It's great. I say all that to say that when I was at this wedding and I'm DJing, like. I'm being touched and poked and prodded and people are like, I'm literally playing Shakädemus and Pliers Murder, She Wrote. And someone comes up to me and says, can you play some reggae? (laughs) I'm like, I'm playing reggae. It's happening. It's literally happening. And she was like, this ain't real reggae. I'm like, this is actual reggae. You must not know what real reggae is. I think maybe you don't know what real reggae is, but this is real reggae. Let me get back to what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm on, I'm also on like a DJ rig that's not my rig. So like, and it's also like got its own like way of working. So I say all this to say that I'm a very particular person, especially when I'm working. And it's like, my goal is to just do the best work. Mm -hmm. Right. So like at your wedding where I'm emceeing and DJing, my goal is to be the best MC and be the best DJ. And sometimes that might conflict with being like the best party guest. Mm -hmm. So you can't do all things at once. So like when I'm DJing, I'm not the best at like being amenable to your pushy-ass family mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to deal with a DJ because they ain't never been in this type of situation before. Mm-hmm. So I um, I DJ, and then at the end of the night, uh, she pulls me and another friend to the side and says, so I just want you guys to know that I'm pregnant. And I've been pregnant for four months.
0: <gasps> she four months?
1: And we have mutual friends, and she had told the mutual friends upon the onset and so it was in that moment that I just it was a it, it just was like I know I'm supposed to be offended right now but it was a delayed reaction because it was like I, I can't even it, 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 it can't get dealt with so I told my mom when we were in the car and she later told me that her heart broke for me that night because she knew that we, we could never come back from that
0: Mm-mm, you never recover
1: yeah and so yeah three months later okay she no so a a week later i talked to her about the whole like not telling me about the pregnancy thing and she was like well you know mom told me not to tell anybody but you told your mutual friends yeah and i think the key was like i'm not anybody
0: like you quantified me as like anybody those moments expose you I, i i've had a couple of those where it was pregnancy the same way and i was like I can't believe you told somebody before. You know, and 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 I heard you not. Well, it's like this. Like, I love you in a way that you don't love me. Thank you. I was like, oh shit. It's and I love you. That's exact I said this to my brother. I was like, I love them in a way. They don't love me the way that I think I don't, we're not loving in the way that we think we're loving. It's not
1: equitable. No. And like that's like and so here's the thing. In that moment, sometimes you sometimes you can be like all right, then I just ain't gonna love it the same way no more. But then other times, it's just like, I just can't fuck with you at all. At all. Because I feel duped. Yeah. Sometimes it's your own delusion, but sometimes you really have been just, yep. like, misled. So But
0: here's the question, though. Do you go, in that situation where you've known somebody so long, but the hurt is so deep, la, 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 la. Do you have an exit conversation or do you let it ride?
1: Well, you know, for me, it was like, I just let it ride because, for your to your point, we've known each other so long. And it was really just kind of like a all right, well, I guess, I guess I, I need to regard this differently. And so I had made my peace with that. And then she hit me like two and a half months later and was like, so we moved just an FYI. You know what? And I was like, you know, we're friends, right? I texted her back and said, you know, we're friends, right? And she called me and um, we talked and super passive. something is not right and she called me and was like you know what happened at the wedding and so when I told her what happened at the wedding you know she was like well that's the thing like the person that you're talking about like she's never reacted like that to anybody before I've never heard of her reacting like that to anybody before but you know other people complained about you too and other people said you had an attitude
0: you're like oh I'm sorry I didn't realize there was a suggestion box I literally was there a suggestion (laughs) box because I missed it I I literally
1: said I need you to know this from the bottom of my heart I don't give a fuck about any of those people (laughs) (laughs) and I really don't care what they think of me um and it's actually kind of wild because I don't know what I don't know what to do with this situation because it's like you're expecting me to defend myself against these people that I've never met before and that I'm not going to meet again and I think more importantly it's like if if there was stress added to you by you having to deal with this conversation I apologize for that you know, because it was never my intention to be rude or have an attitude to anybody. Um, and she was like, yeah, but, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's like you're the only negative like feedback I've gotten from my wedding. The only negative parts of my wedding seem to just be about you. You're like, everyone's lying to you. And I literally <laughs> was like, are you my friend or not? <laughs> like, that's when I lost it. Because I had been trying to, like, exercise deference and coolness and just, like, respect. And I was just like, are you my friend or not? Because like, I was like, I can't. I was like because I, I can't fathom like like how these conversations could be had with you and you wouldn't stick up for me. Mm-hmm. you know, and I can tell by the way you're dealing with me that you didn't stick up for me mm-hmm. because you thought this yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you know what? Like just to be clear, those people that you're talking about that you're saying are so great and that you love so much, they mm-hmm. were fucking shitty mm-hmm. if we're gonna be honest. and I was giving them the same energy that they were giving me. They were shitty. They were shitty to my mom, uh-huh. they were shitty to me. And, you know, and I'm really like, I was like, you know what? I I I was like, I have to get out the phone because and then she hung up on me. (gasps) And she hung up on me. And I called her right back and I got I got voicemail and I said, you know. Sometimes friendships run their course, and it seems as though ours has. And I wish you the best of luck with the pregnancy and I'll see you around. And you know, the thing about it was that I wasn't angry because Like you said, it was like the realization had already happened of like, you don't love me like I love you.
0: And that's the moment when like when your mom said like, you know, that that's
1: when my heart broke.
0: That was the inciting event. Right.
1: Because it's like I can't if I found out I was pregnant today, I would have called her from the toilet. Mm -hmm. Like I would have called her when I was like on the way Mm -hmm. to get the shit. You know, so that's and I, we're too old at this point. I'm just too old to have like folks so close to me that are not live that are not in an equitable space with me. No. And it's not it's not just a one off. It seems to be
0: like a re- repeat behavior that is like, escalating. It's like, oh yeah. It has definitely taken And I place almost before. died and I moved. And by the way, my you know like oh, okay. I had my left foot amputated, not a big deal. <laughs> Call me back.
1: What are you talking about? It's just a very weird, like, when you realize, like, oh, we're acquaintances. Yeah. It's basically like someone likes your company, but they don't love your character.
0: hmm You know, I had this crazy experience. For, so when I left New York to L.A., you know, everyone and their mother from New York is moving to L.A. Every, everyone's moving here now. Would it's you, an exodus. It's a, it's a mass exodus. I support you. Do what you have to do. I love it. New Yorkers come. But... um I was here by myself for so long and for me I it I already know where this is going. It felt like an extended vacation. I felt like I would was away but when I came back everyone would still be there waiting, yeah. right? And so it didn't occur to me until friends were getting married, friends were having bummets, was baby showers and I wasn't included. And it it hurt so much. Yeah. It was such a slow burn of a ending of a friendship and so I had to like Go, oh my God, I'm living in this bubble. By the way, these people are every day rubbing up against each other. Their relationships are evolving. They're present. They're there. They're still... Negotiate. The yeah, they're in it. They're in it, and they're like, "Why would I invite this girl that I used to know, who now lives in L.A., that has never actually met my boyfriend, to this wedding?" But
1: you're still like in this past.
0: Yeah, and you know, L.A. as as we said, L.A. is the worst place to meet people in an organic way. So I'm still thinking the best friends that I've had and known are there, <sighs> and they're like in this incubator, and they're just they're just there. The time <laughs> froze. Like we're they're in the like time
1: bonds that you've collected. Yeah, they're there.
0: They're waiting for me. They're in the dollhouse. So and, then, what did you do when you had that revelation? Oh gosh, um, well you know, for most of it, I was away. It wasn't until I, I when, you, when I see them that I'm like, oh God, you know, it, it, the, the gift of it is this. The gift of it is that when you have that distance, there is an immediacy to seeing how you are no longer the same.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's
0: like when you see somebody you're like, oh, you've lost weight. It's like, yeah, no, you see yourself every day. I don't see, yeah, you. so I can see the change immediately and then you have to make that change you got to make that
1: change
0: going
1: to make a change for once in my life
0: yep yeah Going to make change or you say you know what fuck this i missed you i missed you and i don't want to continue
1: i'm Gonna just giving you back on music
0: going to make i don't i you, think you do okay. i don't i do not want to let this relationship go i <laughs> miss you call me Okay. We'll email. We'll Facebook. We'll do whatever you need. I'll make special trips just to see you and that new baby that I never met and the husband that I don't know. I'll do it.
1: Do you really feel like you would do it though, or is it just like you know what? I need to move on and like forge a new life where my new life is.
0: No, I mean I think that I make I do make an effort now when I go back to New York. I'm like, okay, these are the people that I limit. Yes, at, you know. Um, that I
1: lament their, their absence. I have definitely found that there are, you know, in this whole world of ending relationships, ending friendships specifically, I think that also, there's also this feeling that like, when something is done, it's done forever. Right. And sometimes it's like, you need to end that shit so y'all can go your separate ways and do some growing and let the universe bring you back and revisit like, is there really like a buildup point here or not? And I've had that happen... In both directions where like we separated and then we came back together and it was like we we both are back on a new wavelength together. Mm-hmm. And then I've had it where earlier this year, like I reconnected with somebody who had been my my ride or die. They were my ride or die, T.T. Why did it stop? Because they had a habit of when things would go Kind of like left they would just abandon the situation instead of talking about it or facing okay. it so like there were times when like he would do stuff that was just like what like you just left me at a club and then when i address it you know it's like instead of like being like well this is what happened or damn like i know that was fucked up or you know let me take you out to breakfast and let's like talk about it it's just like nah i don't want to get yelled at Mm-mm. I'm not going to say that it was, like, the best way to deal with it by being, like, you left me in the motherfucking club, nigga! Like, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that's, like, the best <laughs> way to deal with it. But it definitely, like, was how I genuinely felt. Like, you, you fucking left, left me in a goddamn, goddamn. club. Well, don't you think, like you said, though, people grow out of those things. Like, now you're at right a place, right. like, oh, you're not going to be listen, in the club every night, a? listen, but listen. Oh, no, I'm afraid. Go ahead. So, fast forward, we reconnect. And then I had a show. Um and it was in his like where he's living he moved and i had to show where he was living and so he was going to be like traveling with me so this was like a perfect like trial run cuz it's like i'm coming to your town mm-hmm. and from the onset it was like he was like yeah like i'm i'm not going to be busy like all night and i'm like wait why are you going to be busy at all because you've <laughs> also made it explicitly clear like ad nauseum that you don't got shit to do ever that this is the most boring place in existence i'm actually here working this should be the only thing going on at oil and if it's not let give me a heads up so long story short i was performing and someone walked on my stage while i was performing literally like a a heckler he was a lover but it was still a heckle because it's uh, disrupting the show you know like what did he want i don't know because i got him off my stage He came on my stage in the middle. He clearly wasn't from New York. (laughs) No, he (laughs) He wanted a hug. He wanted a touch. He was like, gave me a bottle of water and then was like, yo, no disrespect. And I stopped him because we all know that when you start with no disrespect, (laughs) disrespect (laughs) is coming right after that. (laughs) So it was also like slow motion because it was like, how are you on stage right now? like this isn't a stage with wings no you're like we're just like is on a thrust funny? stage and he's walking up the front of the stage and i'm like who is this? did you immediately
0: think i'm gonna get murdered right now of course that's, that's what else yeah i been like i'm getting I'm like, murdered today oh, this is it, this 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 is it. Is it. Mm-hmm.
1: but here's the tea in those moments because i've had that moment in the past one like one great example is like when wale and i were about to throw blows on stage at the roots picnic when that kind of like shit is coming at you, I always check, I call it checking the bus. I always check to see where the person I'm with is at. Mm-hmm. So like when the violation happened, I turned my head and my boyfriend at the time, we made eye contact. Yeah. I, to this day, don't know how this mofo got from where he was to where I was at. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> but in that moment, he, I, I've talked about it on the show before. I, I'm a king amongst kings. <laughs> he should have been tackled so many feet back listen he grew some like nigga wings and it's like i legit because it was a certain like hood skill that made this happen it was you know how they say like moms can pick up a a car car, like it was like i can't let my girl get hit by wale i can't do it like the hood would never let me live and like he grew like his philly beard like took wind up from under it and it flew him <laughs> to land and he grabbed Wale up by like the scruff of his neck oh my god and sat him down and he was like she would never get away with this in dc and he was like we in philly nigga. And like what are we talking about oh <laughs> my god but it was the same thing where like this man came on my uh-huh. stage and i checked the bus so like i'm looking for where homeboy stay is. with your buddy that's what they say listen he had not moved an inch when i tell y'all he was sitting in the seat his arm was still on the other open seat his other hand holding a glass of alkaline water Mm -hmm. like he had no i see your true colors hey hey shining through i see your true true colors and that's why i'm done with you and that's why i'm done with you sorry yeah bye he did not move an inch and even if you had a slow reaction, when they took the guy out, you would naturally get up and go make sure that he is out. And then go speak to security and be like, why the fuck weren't y'all there? And when we talked about it after, he was legit like, I just feel like you're not communicating with me. I, I was like, what did I do? I, got you're like, I was sending you smoke signals from the stage for help. Like that, But that's also one of those moments where you're like, "We are, our friendship needed to stay where it was. Because we speak in different languages now. Yeah. You know, like, we just speak in different languages. And so, you know.
0: But then those are the ones that you can let go with ease. Yes. You
1: know, because you're like, I have seen you. Now I see you. Now I see you. It was so wild. And I saw you in the dark because you were in a part of the house that wasn't even well lit. But did you see them in silence?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But did you see them in silence?
1: I did see them in silence. I feel like that's a film that needs to be directed by somebody. (laughs) We can write it. Why are we waiting for someone to do it? (laughs) I know. See me in my silence.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we look at the camera. And we just a slow burn. And then we do, like, a poem, a choreo poem Mm -hmm. from Ntozaki Shange's for colored girls who Considered suicide when When the the rainbow rainbow is not enough. enough. (laughs) Well, Tony Trucks, I mean... I could talk to you all day. I'm so sad this episode is over. We'll have you back. Listen, Tones was very like, wait, do I have to prepare? I I was very nervous. I get very
0: nervous. I did a podcast before and I was so nervous.
1: (laughs) I don't know why. You're great. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate you. Some people definitely come in here and we've like had to do side eyes at each other. Like, is this done yet? Oh, no. No. I mean, no one like, no, we've never had to be like, is this done yet? But we've definitely had to be like, we got to wake this person up. Like, we got to get them comfortable. You know what I mean? Because the beauty of doing this show is that all of my guests have legit been people I like. Like, th- that's the I only- like you too. Can I just say,
0: can I just, I know that we're gonna be over time, but I just met you and I was like, I went home and my, at the time, I was living with my brother and I was like, I just met this girl and I just like her. I just feel like she gets me. Like, we are like, we see the world, like, we are bombastic in the same colorful, weird, off brand way. The, and the thing about the difference is, and this is why I love you, you put yourself out there. I'm a person that I am thinking all these things, I'm feeling all these things, and then I just sit on my couch and I'm like, <laughs> And my therapist is always like, Can you please go talk to anyone out loud about all these things other than me? God bless you. Um, and so you often, that's why I'm always like DMing you because I'm like, Yeah, I was just, I can't. I love you. That's all I want to say. I just, I'm like, bleh, verbal Thank diarrhea. You. So often, I'm listening to you. Well, and I going, want yes, you to yes, yes. do more of that
1: because, as has been indicated and proven here on this show, you have an incredible voice and you know how to talk about things and you're fucking funny. Thank you, and we need as much of that as possible to combat all of the fuckery going on. <laughs> so please watch Tony Trucks on CBS Seal, Seal team. team Wednesday.
0: We premiere October third. I don't.
1: I you don't want know a TV show? I'm,
0: gonna t- I'm on a TV show. I am the only black woman on that TV show. <laughs> Jesus okay, Jesus. let's not talk about it. Let's be just happy
1: <laughs> and grateful <laughs> that you have Tier One SAG insurance. Yes. yes. The last dose. I mean, this has been an incredible episode. I hope you guys had a good time. Um, I think this was very healing for me as well. You know, friendships are, are so, I feel, essential to a lot of our happiness. Not everybody, but a lot of us. And they kind of help to serve this bridge between your family and strangers And you, and like bouncing off energies that keep us moving. That's why it's important to make sure that the friends that you have around you are the energy that you need around you. And, you know, you're not an elitist to decide that you want to be around people who are wanting the best for themselves. And who are doing what needs to be done to get the best for themselves. And I'm saying that to y'all because I've had to say that to myself because you can make yourself feel like you're being immodest by simply saying like, nah, like I'm on this path and I, I kind of need people around me that share a similar vision for themselves. Even if it's not the same path, it's the same enthusiasm. It's the same spirit of of quest. Um And vice versa, like you may be the kind of person who's like, I ain't really trying to be around people that driven all like that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to chill, man. And whatever. But I think that friendship is rooted in a a sort of like-mindedness that bonds you in a different way than blood does from family. That's why you have like sisters and brothers who might not be friends at all and you have sisters and brothers who are friends and it's not just because they're brother and sister, it's because they have a like-mindedness. They're A-alikes. They see each other. Even in the silence. It's a good show.